Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. The world is not the way it's supposed to be. There's death, there's sickness, there's sin, there's pain, there's sadness. It's not the way it's supposed to be. When God created us, when God created human beings in the garden, He created us for paradise. He created us and and placed human beings, man and woman, in the garden of Eden to take care of it. Everything that they needed was provided for them. They could eat from any fruit of the tree except for the one. The world is not the way it's supposed to be. It's very obvious to us we do not live in that paradise that we were created for. We long for it. We long for a world where everything is set right. Jesus came to bring us that world. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, they sinned. They partook of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they introduced sin and death into the world. And it hasn't been the same since. We see an escalation of sin. Adam and Eve's own children, one killed the other. And you see on down the line and it seems to get worse and worse and worse until finally you come to Noah. God decides to destroy the whole world and start over again. We were meant for paradise. But the world is not the way it's supposed to be. We don't have to look far to realize the kind of world we live in is not the way it's supposed to be. I can just think about the, uh, the visits that I've made this week. I visited with Jane and Art in the hospital, and he's not expected to pull through. The world is not the way it's supposed to be. I've also visited a jail Two men, both have been arrested and are serving some time. Addictions, some substance, some behavioral. The world is not the way it's supposed to be. We live in a world of death and pain and sadness and sin But Christ has been raised from the dead. Amen? Christ has in fact been raised from the dead. Let's uh, read the passage before us. 1 Corinthians 15 starting in verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has 
come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in its own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted, who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, help us to see your glory on these pages. And Father, be with me. I'm not the way I'm supposed to be either. Help me to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We begin, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Let's uh, back up a little bit though. He starts with a contrast. It's, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. What is he contrasting from? We back up to verse 17. And And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead matters. He raised physically from the dead. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then life is meaningless. And we are to be pitied. If Jesus didn't really raise from the dead, then we might as well just eat and drink and be merry, for tomorrow we die. But, in fact, Jesus has risen from the dead. The world that we live in is enslaved to a philosophy called nihilism. Nihilism says that nothing matters. There is no truth. There is no God. That all people are, are just a random accident. And it, it basically embraces the consequences of the idea that there is no God. With nihilism, if there were no God, there would be no meaning. There would be no real meaning to love. That we wouldn't be able to trust our senses. If all of our life was just a random chance of molecules that came together and evolved into conscious beings then we wouldn't be able to trust that what we see around us is real. Because it would all be up to chance. 
How do we know that there is a God? How do we know that Jesus is real? It's right here. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the most important event in human history. Without the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, we would be swimming in a world full of ideas with no certainty that one or the other is true. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. We can trust the eyewitness accounts that Jesus was raised from the dead. He was buried. He was crucified. They stuck a sword in His side and blood and water flowed out. The Romans knew how to crucify somebody. They knew how to take someone's life. He was dead And that is for sure. And He raised again. The disciples, each one of them, they went to their grave. They they were persecuted. Many of them, most all but one of them, were martyred, holding on to the truth that Jesus has raised from the dead. If they did not believe it, if they had not seen it with their eyes, surely they would have given in under pressure. How in the world would this little movement of the early Christians have grown into a worldwide religion if it were not for the fact that Jesus really rose from the dead? The Romans were trying to stop it. The Jews were trying to stop it. But it couldn't be stopped because Jesus rose from the dead. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. What are the first fruits? It's that farmer who has his crop and the first fruits or what He gives to the Lord as a sacrifice. It's that first fruits. It's the very first crop right off the top. Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. He was the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The first fruits are something that says to us, there is more to come. The whole harvest has not come in. But Jesus was just the first fruits of that. You see, Jesus' resurrection means that we will be raised from the dead as well. He was the first fruits of those who had fallen asleep. For as by a man came sin, came death, by a man has also come resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Adam was our representative. We all were in Adam. And we are born in Adam, slaves to sin. 
We were born in Adam as descendants. We were in Him as physically, biologically. We come from Adam and Eve, that first couple. But He was also our representative. Theologians call this our federal head. He was our representative. He was the one who God gave the test to. He gave them one simple command, not to eat of the fruit of the tree and he ate. And in so he was representing all of humanity. And so by that he introduced death into the world. He introduced all the aspects of the curse. Death, sickness, pain. Frustration in our labor. Frustration in our relationships with other people. Anxiety, depression, All sorts of disorders. All of those things result from the curse. And they were brought in by one man. But by one man. By one man, Jesus Christ, He brings life to all who are in Him. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. If you are in Christ, if you have trusted in Christ, if He is your Savior and Lord, and you are in Him, you will be made alive. They may bury you one day when you die, but He will raise you up. And you can know the certainty of that because Jesus Himself was raised from the dead. And verse 23, But each in its own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at His coming, those who belong to Christ. Jesus is coming again one day. At His coming, He has ascended into heaven. That's where He is at now. Girls, do you know where Jesus is now? He did not die again. Whenever He rose from the dead, He he didn't die again. But 40 days later, He ascended into heaven. The disciples were all watching, and some angels were there, and Jesus just lifted up off the ground and went into the heavens. And we know that He is coming back the same way He He left. When He comes... All who have died in Christ, all those who have trusted in Him who have died, will be raised from the dead to live with Him forever. Then, verse 24, then comes the end. When He delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. We have a lot of enemies. And so does Jesus. The enemies that Jesus came to destroy are sin. The enemies that Jesus came to destroy is pain and sickness and sadness and depression. 
He has come to destroy all those things, to put them under His feet. You know what? That, that picture of, of putting everything under His feet is like the, a king in the ancient world. In the ancient world, uh, when, when kings would go to battle and one, one king's kingdom would beat the other kingdom, then the king of the losing side would come and the winning king would place his foot on the head of the losing king as a symbol of submission. And Jesus will one day have all of His enemies under His feet. All of His enemies and ours. And we will all bow before the Lord. The Bible tells us every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we're all going to bow. We're either going to bow now We're going to bow later. So we better bow now. We better submit now to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Because later is too late. And the last enemy that He will put under His feet is death. We still live in an era where we experience pain and sadness and death and sickness And all of those things. Yet when He comes, He will abolish all those things. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And the last enemy He will defeat is death. We'll finish off the the passage here. Verse 27 For God has put all things into subjection under His feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that He is accepted who put all things in subjection under Him. But when all things are subjected to Him, then the Son Himself will also be subjected to Him who put all things in subjection under Him. That God may be all in all. Now, when I read that, it sounds like a tangled mess, doesn't it? It's, it's hard to follow the logic here in, in this passage. In fact, uh, I'm not even 100% certain I've got it right. Because it's, it's difficult. It's, it's just hard. But here's what I think he's saying. At the end, whenever Jesus comes back, whenever He puts everything under His feet, whenever He destroys death and sickness and pain, He is going to take His people, His kingdom that He has died for, He has given His very blood for, and He is going to present His kingdom to God the Father. He will hand it all over to Him, that God may be all in all, that Everything will come to God's glory. Why are we living here today? Why did Jesus go to the cross? Why did He raise from the dead? It ultimately comes down to this. For the glory of God. To the glory of God the Father. To God be the glory. Great things He hath done. Who loved the world that He gave us His Son. Who yielded His life in atonement for sin. And opened 
the life gate, that all may go in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.